Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. At Boyle Sports, we are taking darts to the next level. Bet £10 on the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix and new customers will get £20 in free bets. Customers can also enjoy the daily full house price boost on every player and every match. Boyle Sports, this is betting. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I've not still got the show playing elsewhere. There we go. Uh, welcome to the Fallout Bar here from Online Dart. For the first time this week, I think I've actually just introduced the show as good evening rather than good morning. And I'm very pleased to be joined by Charlie this evening. How are we, buddy? Good. Uh, look, great to be um, to be back on. I know I was meant to be on earlier on in the week, um, but it's, it's, it's... Yeah, I know. I know. Call to Manchester last minute. Um, but yeah, amazing to be on. Um, and, you know... Some really great games tonight. It was, um, you know, the tournament is is starting to to get to the business end, and as you tweeted, Gob, it, it's going to make it for an exciting finale in the next couple of days. I'd say the day you miss is the day we actually ended up rolling over to nine a.m. the following morning because it didn't finish until quarter to one. Um, so you didn't actually miss an awful lot, but you picked a decent night to drop back in this week, mate. Because, uh, like you said, quarter final night and four very very tasty ties that we had this evening. Yeah, probably barring one game which went you know the way i would have predicted it but apart from that the rest of the games lived up to what we kind of thought they were going to be maybe the last game probably didn't and we'll come on to to come to touch on that but yeah some great games and and really juicy ties with with all the players coming up against uh, nasty opposition yeah as ever we'll just run through them in match order this evening those that we have available for you we will play you some post-match press conference clips I think we've got three sat ready for you already. And from what I gather, judging by what's just been said on TV and the War of the Words this week, if we do get a Michael Van Gerwen clip, I expect it to be a little bit explosive by the end of the night. But we've got three games to talk about before we get to that point. Um, first up, the only man not inside the top three in the world, I suppose, uh, into the semi-final, the, the outlier, if you like, is a rejuvenated Nathan Aspinall after a 3-2 very hard fought, but an excellent win over Martin Lukeman, pushed all the way by Smash, who 
doubling in on double 16, stayed around 50% for the tournament. That's some going. Yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, rejuvenate is probably the right word for, for Nathan Aspinall. He's, he's had a, he has had a, a rough couple of months and, and to come in today and, and have a nice long run in the tournament is, is good. But Martin Luckman is someone that you can't overlook. You can't overlook him. You can't sort of see that as an easy tie because it wasn't tonight. Yeah, it was it was scrappy at times and it was it was a hard fought victory, but he was pushed all the way. And that's what makes games like these so special and, and players who've come through the tournament who fought their way through. Yeah, he wasn't consistent throughout the game, but he gave Aspinall a scare and and that'll probably set him up better for, for the latter stage of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of those that have overlooked Martin Lukeman, but I fully appreciate the year he's had. I thought that James Wade was very, very poor in the first round. And I thought, judging by that, when somebody puts a bit more pressure on Lukeman, given the way that the match play went earlier in the year, I thought if Ross Smith starts getting in, hitting his doubles early, Lukeman would struggle a little bit on TV to back that up. Wasn't the case. I thought, surely this time, he gets blown away a little bit by Nathan Aspinall, who was excellent in fighting back against Danny Knopfler last night, albeit with some sort of interaction from the crowd. I think there was a little bit of needle at the end of that one. Um, but again, pushed him all the way. Superb performance from Smash. You know, only his second TV event ever? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I half expected maybe the the occasion of a, of a quarterfinal to get to him. But yeah, OK, maybe people would say it did in the first set and, and, and he didn't live up to, a, to to what we're used to, what a 68 average in the first set is, is sort of shown it. But then Nathan will think, right, I can get this job done. Well, no, you can't. A 95 average, he comes back, he hits back again. He wins and, t- and ties it up, gets blown away in the third set, comes back again in the fourth. You know, so he's showing the quality that we've all been seeing throughout the tournament. Um, yeah, okay, he's, he's, you know he's had some he's had some games, and, and I would have expected Ross Smith to beat him. But again, he's shown people that he can continue to perform. It was just a shame that tonight he didn't put together the complete performance that would have maybe seen him go all the way tonight. Yeah, it wasn't like Ross Smith played badly either. That was mm. a very very good tense matchup. I was there yesterday. It was a, it was a brilliant watch. To be fair. Ross Smith was roaring all over the place, then missing to get in on the next visit and all sorts. So, um, say hello to a few in the chat room before we do listen to Nathan Aspinall. Mike Ting said, evening, done a watch along on my channel. Uh, my whole chat was saying, let's see what MVG says about right. We, we expect it to happen. It's probably happening right now. And as soon as we get evidence of that, we will put it into this show. Uh, Jay says, the ultimate mind game is going on in this tournament. Looking forward to the final and also to the also the test of the year, 100%. I've just put that on Twitter. Uh, Daniel says these semis could be great. Steady on, mate. It's still early. Um, Dan says, evening, folks. Did I get anything right? I've no idea, mate. What did you predict last night? That'd be the question, because I was on my way back from Leicester. So, and Bob says, first whitewash of the week this evening by Gezi. Mm, in a best of five, there was a couple of two nils, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. However, they count as whitewashes is is beyond me. Uh, like I said, though, superb performance from Nathan Aspinall, uh, who moves into the semi-finals of the Ball Sports World Grand Prix. Let's hear from the Asp uh, what he had to say in his post-match press conference. <sighs> Maddis is playing well. You know, he's playing really good darts. Um, you know, on paper, obviously, everyone's thinking it's going to be me and Gez, but uh, you know what? It's a semi-final of the major. I couldn't care less. 
whoever we play, um, it's going to be a fantastic game. And you know, I can get me head down tonight, have a good 10, 12 hours kip after a kebab, and uh, I'll be ready for tomorrow. Man, a man after my own heart, right there. A man <laughs> off to get a kebab and plenty of kit. I wish I'd done that last night. I ended up with a ordered McDonald's and crashed on the sofa for a bit. Lovely. Uh, Nick Fashman was the first man through, uh, and like he alluded to, uh, it was either going to be Manus Rasma or Gerwin Price in the semi final for him. Last night, Manus Rasma was exceptional in defeating Daryl Gurney. Everything he attempted came off. One of the performances of the week, average wise, performance wise. It was just mustard. Tonight, not so good, Charlie. No, it maybe it was, you know, maybe he'd played his best darts um, last night, which is a shame because he did so well against Daryl Gurney, but he came up against Gerwin Price, who who just dispatched him really, didn't he, tonight? Um, you know, it was... It was it was a good strong performance from going price. You know he won nine out of the eleven legs. I think it was you know so he's he was clinical. He got away through Madras Rasma. It's just a shame that he just didn't live up to what we've been seeing for the rest of the week. But you know still a really good promising um, run from him. Yeah, is that the pressure of playing in the quarterfinal? The pressure of backing up the performance from the night before, or the pressure of playing against going price screaming in your face? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's probably a bit of everything, really, isn't it? I mean, how many? I don't know how many quarterfinals on TV Madras Rasm has actually been in. You know that, that these are these are stats that you know he's probably he's probably achieving new heights for himself, and he'll learn about these sort of things. And you know, going price we know is so prolific um, in the way that he gets through games where he's, he's got to grit his way through. And look, you know, Madras Rasma had had seven opportunities at, at, at a double and only took one of them. You know, or, or or two of them. So you, you've got to look at it and think he's just not performed on the day, and that probably is the fact that being in a quarterfinal has has got to him. It has indeed. As for going price, though, the reigning world number one just until the end of the week is still in with a chance of staying there, unless well, to to do so, going price has got to win the tournament and hope that Peter Wright falls before the final which means he's going to be relying on a favour from a certain somebody later on, but he's also still in position from his own side of it. So another good performance from Gezi, still not exceptional. I, the performance from Michael Van Gerwen tonight was unbelievable. We will get onto that very, very shortly. His tops and 20 and was fabulous. I think Gerwin Price has got that in his locker. It's just when we see it. Yeah, 100%. He didn't need to perform like that tonight. I mean, he could have done. He very much could have done, and, and and he probably wouldn't have dropped a, a leg if he had if he had done that. It'd have been on and off the stage even quicker. But I think he's still got it in his locker, and that's something that's really, I guess, you know, a lot of people in the chat room are talking about how, you know, the 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 semi final with the top three in the world, it's going to be extremely exciting, especially if all three can hit at the same time. You know, we really are going to be in for for quite an exceptional um, night of darts. But yeah, Gowen's got it in the locker. He didn't need to bring it out tonight, but it's still there when when called upon. It was indeed. Few more in the chat room. Although a lot of these are about things we'll talk about later. Lendl says, "What up?" Uh, Excalibur says, "Good, great." Uh, what did Dan ask? Dan said he predicted Lukeman three two, Price three nil, MPG three one, right three one. So you got one right then, Daniel. Who? 
Not bad, that. I bet he beat Boise anyway, because he's terrible. And a lot of talk about the Fool's Gold remix at the end of the show. I'll be honest, I'd already turned off. Uh, it was either a choice of listen to Wayne Mardell and the team interview <laughs> Michael Van Gogh for an extra 30 seconds, or prepare for this show. So, you know, it was just a... See you later. <laughs> the big X. We'll play that a bit later. Anyway, let's hear from the reigning, just about, world number one in his post-match press conference after a 3-0 victory over the Latvians' managed Rasmus. I'm not, not against Nathan. I think I'm a lot more composed. I don't do... I don't let my emotions get to me as much as I have in the past. And, yeah, I'm uh, a lot more experienced. And I know Nathan's going to be bouncing on a stage, but I think sometimes I can use that against him as people have against me in the past. So, yeah, I think I control my emotions a bit better than what Nathan does now. And, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully he's bouncing around our stage and I can just uh, feed off him. Indeed. Right, two more games to talk about. Uh, Dan says, I love how much the Teesside accent has dominated the fallout. Oh, say dominated. We've let you have your moment in the sun. Um, <laughs> Thompson says, evening all, cracking night darts, cracking night darts. Indeed, Excalibur also says, high school football left tonight, college football and Grand Prix semis tomorrow. I have an issue with college football, but let's not get into that debate right now. Pay the athletes. Hi, it's Johnny Clayton. Boyle Sports are offering price boosts on the full house market on every player, every match. That's to win the match, hit the most 180s and the highest checkout in the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix. You gonna, if it's going to be on TV every week, then they're, then they're professional athletes. They just are. If it's like a one-off or the end of season tournament, fine. But the minute you're on TV constantly on ESPN, pay them as athletes. Anyway, uh, match number three of the evening and another, well, this this one had top billing for the night for, for a specific reason because it was very, very good. Uh, the the Master versus Apprentice, there was plenty of misses in this one. Plenty of moments, I thought, where Peter Wright jumped out the blocks in a set and just allowed Dimitri straight back into it. He did it in the second set, very nearly did it in the fifth set. Uh, the fourth set was, was a last leg decider as well. All of those, it felt like Peter Wright was in control after two legs, and all of those, he's very nearly ended up losing. Yeah, I mean, he came out the block so well, didn't he, in the first in the first set, and he's off the stage quickly, despite Dimitri averaging a hundred plus, a ton plus, which you know to lose a set averaging that is is quite exceptional. But then, you know, to come back out and for Dimitri to to hang in there, as you mentioned, uh, it felt as if Peter Wright was just allowing the door to just be open ajar rather than killing it off. He'd let him back into the game. And we know how deadly Dimitri is. If you give him that opportunity to, to to build momentum, to build up pace, he will take a player apart. And to find himself 2-1 up after three sets, he probably will have been thinking, this this is my night tonight. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let, let's, let's do the inevitable conversation right now, then, shall we? Another change of the right? Well... We have to, don't we? Yeah. We sort of have to. Because the rest of the week, he's been throwing the torpedo-style barrel, or I want, I want to call him the Simon Whitlock, because he was the first to really use him, which is the torpedo at the front. Then it's almost chopped off the back with a little bit of grip. And he's looked very steady with those. He's played on the Euro Tour with those in the last couple of weeks. He's basically been changing between those two, and I thought that he might continue to change between those two. I didn't expect him to go back to a straight barrel out of nowhere. And when he did, I didn't expect it to be the one that he did throw 
considering in his straight barrel options, he's got the World Championship darts from the first time, the World Championship darts from the second time, and the elements that he just absolutely dominates people with when he throws them well. Some his decisions sometimes <laughs> baffle me. They really it's like he's do. on stage at the end going, "Oh, I might not throw with these tomorrow." Why are you dickhead? Yeah, you know, it's not. It's not like these are the some of the biggest games in some of the biggest tournaments <laughs> in your in your calendar, and you you're messing around with with darts. But look, you know, he won, didn't he? Um, I just wish he'd stayed to the same a barrel of dart, and then we don't have to talk about it after and and, and know that that's sort of inevitably coming. It's going to happen. It's going to happen all year. And the con- <laughs> there's always two conversations, Peter, isn't there? It's how good can Peter be and what set of hearts are you going to throw? And it, it makes him entertaining. It, for a man who has such a distinguishable look, right, the marketing around Peter Wright should be so, so simple. Mm. It should just be whack a on. Now that he's gone to his own shirts in different colours, right, and the, the trousers are the things that change, Brilliant, perfect to sell those, and then just sell a set of darts. And he's got so many, and they've had to produce so many. And every time somebody sees them on TV, they want them. It becomes an absolute nightmare because you can shift a couple, you can shift a little bit of volume of them, but never masses. Because everybody goes, well, I'm not going to spend forty quid on them because if we find something else next week. Yeah, you 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 could buy a a dart set from from anywhere, and then you could be throwing them, and you could be like, oh, these are Peter Wrights, and you'd be like, actually, Nate. They're not Peter Wrights. Peter Wright doesn't throw with them anymore. And then Peter could... Wrights for 45 seconds. And, yeah, yeah. and then he decided, no, I'm not playing with you anymore. Uh, honestly, he's, he's never going to change, is he? As for Dimitri, beaten tonight, higher average, higher checkout percentage. I mean, we've just made it sound like he's absolutely clung onto the coattails there, which it still feels like he did against Peter Wright. I guess that was the, the juxtaposition between Peter Wright at his very, very best tonight and the legs that he won and just how bad he was at starting and then chasing in legs that he didn't win. Yeah, it it just did feel as if Dimi, you know, did 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 really well and, and, and you know, could have easily come out of this game having won, but I think he, he almost snatched it, didn't he? He almost took the game away from Peter Wright, but the big moments on the big stage and the big moments in the tournament... Peter Wright finds a way to get the job done, and that's what he did tonight. And it's just a shame that that Dimitri fell just short, despite you know outscoring Peter Wright in in many different areas across the game. Well, eight mismatched darts from Peter Wright. Well, seven missed, and then he obviously hits the eight. Three yeah. mismatched darts from Dimitri. It, it's weird because look, everybody's going to miss at some point, but. I don't think anybody expected Dimitri to miss three in hand, especially with the one and two markers that he had there. And at that point, do we take into consideration who he's playing and the previous friendship and the little bit of rivalry they've had recently? Do we take into the fact that Dimitri's performance and his rise up the rankings was behind closed doors an awful lot? The world match play was behind closed doors. Do we take into consideration the change in equipment and the fact he's changed barrel shape a little bit as well? Or again, is it just a combination of all those factors? And actually, when it comes down to it, he just didn't have it in that moment. Again, it's it's. It, it, I think people could argue both sides of it, couldn't they, really? Um, but I think tonight it might have just been that he just didn't have it in that moment. 
when called upon, he didn't have it. When Peter Wright was then called upon to, to have that last opportunity, he took it. And that maybe is the difference between a Peter Wright and a Dimitri Vandenberg. Maybe we'll see that in his game in the future. It may be something to do with his equipment and and the changes that he's made and and the the points that he accumulated, you know, during um, you know the pandemic and everything like that when it was all behind closed doors. Yeah. But I guess at this moment in time, it, it may be just down to the fact that he just wasn't there when he needed it. I mean, as we're talking, darts. Dan says he's bought a set of Johnny Clayton's. I hope it makes you play like him, Dan. But I'm not sure it quite works like that. A good question from our colleague, Mr. Boyce, as well. He says, good evening, by the way. This is his second message. And he says, no dimmy at the Grand Slam of Darts unless he goes through the qualifier. 12 months of no big finals. Is dimmy overrated currently? Good question. Very good question. One that you're scared to answer by that first opening. I've I've never really been a massive dimmy fan, if I'm honest with you. I, I haven't really been a, a dimmy fan but i mean i think at this current moment in time will will we see him take that next step i guess that's the question that a lot of people will ask will we take see him take the next step in his game and you know will he continue to hit a level that he's at now or will he break into that top 10 and i guess that's going to be the question over the next couple of months isn't it and into the start of the the new years is can he now take the step of becoming one of the top 10 and that's where that's where the difference may be between him and the top players in the game. Yeah, I guess the advantage to Dimi is he's already done it before. World Youth Champion, World Match Play Champion, still relatively young in the sport, and he's still no matter what tournament you go into at the minute, the minute you put him in front of a TV camera, Dimi becomes a contender mm. because he just manages to raise his, his game a level in front of a camera. He's always been like that even if he finally got over the line behind closed doors and whatever, he's always been a, a showman rather than a player on the floor. That, that's always never been his issue. So he's also got that opportunity there. But one one major win, Aspinall's got two, Gurney's got two. Where do we compare him with Luke Humphreys right now? Some big questions, which probably mean they'll need to be answered on Monday rather than tonight, mm. because I can see you panicking a little bit. I'm going to push you a bit more, Charlie. So that's, uh, that's let's, hear, <laughs> let's hear from the winner of the third match this evening, uh, the potentially uh, incoming world number one and the reigning world champion, Mr. Peter Wright. Well, we'll be if we both get off. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we could be there a little while. <laughs> so, oh, I don't know. Yeah, well. If obviously he's, he's got to win the match first, and um, hopefully, you know, hopefully for the crowd and everyone else, and uh, everyone wants, you know, MVG to beat me. And uh, even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'd like to beat him, but you know, it's, you know, in the past we've turned up together on stage and... It, it, it's not it's not done anything has it you know but we have some crackers uh, but hopefully it'll be a good one yeah many congratulations cheers mate yeah there's obviously uh, this is uh, more of a you know it's definitely a major that's uh, that I want to win and uh, so yeah that's uh, instead of European no disrespect to Europeans but you know you want you want to win this one TV title, it's not a major number, I might have been that kind of words at this time of night. Um, but I also do want to defend Dimi just a little bit, by the way, because we may have glossed over the fact he won two World Series events this year. True. Back to back. Very just true. Ago, whilst they're not ranked and they don't count towards the Grand Slam, the fact he's won two TV titles, one in Amsterdam, in possibly the most hostile conditions I've ever experienced in a crowd. Fair play to him, by the way. They want to completely write him off. But ranked TV events, there is still that little edge missing to Dimitri's game right now. I, I completely agree with that bit. Yeah, Bob says Dimitri, uh, Dimitri's using darts like the style he used 10 years ago. He explained this in the first round. Saw the, saw the um, press conference. Completely understand the logic. 10 years is a long time. When yeah. You saw just been playing with a straight barrel die elsewhere, so it depends how much you've been practicing, etc. I will give you this bit. The shirt is terrible. I can't <laughs> it. It's minging. Absolutely grim. Disgusting. Um, I don't want to just sit here and bash Dimmy. Uh, <laughs> but I am waiting for the Michael Van Gogh clip to load, and we are about to talk about that game. Um, Phil's not even in the background uploading it yet. I think he's been stuck in the press conference. So what we're probably going to do is discuss the final quarter final now and the performance within it pray Phil Barr's on his way at that point probably do our predictions and then we'll give you the Michael Van Gerwen clip if we have it available because like, I've not even been told this but we think he might respond to Peter Ryan at that point it's only fair that we give him the opportunity to um, final game of the night was Michael Van Gerwen against Chris Davey we are still yet to break the 100 average in this tournament, in any performance by anybody. He's been number four, done a fair few times, but this year, struggling to do so. Van Gerwen was very, very close to that mark tonight. 99.33. Six, 160 ins, five ton plus checkouts, and over three maximums in the middle, just for good luck. He went an entire set getting in first dart, every dart, and still lost it to Chris Dobie. And was 57% on the outer ring in his checkout. That was some performance in this tournament. That this was the game that I was looking forward to the most this evening um, between the two because again MVG we we still sort of we're at that stage now where we're starting to see him really return to what we used to see and that was that was a pretty decent 
job from him. I mean, the first two sets, you see, arguably, well, I mean, Chris Dobie won the, won the second set with a 1-2-2, two, two, didn't he? That was ice cold. At that point, I was thinking, ooh, this could really go the distance. And then after the break, MVG just ran away with it. 100% on his doubles in the third set. And obviously, th only thirty-seven point five, I think it was in the in the, in the last set, and then to finish on on tops, tops as well. That was a decent performance by him, and probably sent out a, a message to to his fellow semi-finalists that you know he means business. It does mean business. I mean, <laughs> everything just seemed to happen for him tonight. Mm. But he is very, very confident. He has been all week. Performances have been getting better and better and better. Gary Anderson game wasn't great, but. We'll, we'll, we'll let him off for that one. But it's just how solid that dart was in the top of the tops segment tonight. It was just standing to attention exactly. He couldn't have put it in the bed any better with his hands if he wanted to. Yeah, it's, it, it just seems to be all clicking, didn't it, tonight for MVG? It seemed as if uh, everything that he did when he was given an opportunity, he took it. And yeah, there was missed doubles, and and that's you know that's that that happens. Everyone's everyone's human. They they miss doubles during the game, but you know it was just the fact that whenever momentum started to shift between the two or towards Christobi, MVG pulled it straight back to himself and and continued to be as dominant as we we used to seeing. Yeah, final word on Chris Doby. Fantastic run from this week. Solid performance against Adrian Lewis, which I thought was a great game in a match that actually meant an awful lot to both of those two. Still, you can't begrudge him not getting past this performance from Mark Van Gogh because it is the best performance of the week so far. It's, it was as close as, to as brilliant as we've seen all week. But he does just keep running into this big game, big performance as the tournaments go later and later. And at some point, you feel like he's got to turn that... You know, a bit like Joe Cullen. You know how Joe Cullen suddenly turned it around, yeah. flicked a switch, and suddenly he's a top-eight player in the world and winner of his B game. Chris Doby had a period last year where he was averaging 104, 105 on Pro Tours for fun, dragging everybody up to his level, finding ways to lose games. He's played pretty well this week, found a way to lose against Mark Van Gogh and granted against 100 average, but it's not like we haven't seen this from Chris Doby before, who is clearly very, very talented, but is either fallen a very big game or hasn't quite got the mentality right to go and, and fully grasp one of those big games. Yeah, I, I was going to touch on the, the Protos and how he, he continuously plays at his A game and, and someone and whoever he's playing against, that also brings them up to his level, um, which, you know, is, is just, it's just you know, the way that it, it happens, I guess. But I think eventually, as we talked about with Joe Cullen, that something will click and it will click for him and he will become a dominant force in which he doesn't get to the point where players will raise their game and he'll he'll then be beaten. He will then beat players when they raise their game. And I think that's what's exciting to see from Chris Doby because, you know, he's such a talented player. He's got the game. It's just at that crucial time, can he bring it to the stage? And, and tonight he did. It was just a shame that MVG also brought his A game and, and, and you know, pretty much um, took him apart towards the end of the game. A few comments before we do hear from Michael Van Gogh, and that piece is ready for you. Uh, Dan says, Doby needs to take the positives for this performance. He was beaten by MVG close to 90%, but Doby was superb. Uh, Bob says, the miss by Chris Doby in the last set could have made the game different if he did double 10. Yeah, three darts in hand. At that one would have sent it all the way. And MVG looks like he could hit a nine darter this week. 
We haven't seen anybody get to the 161 yet. I thought Peter Wright was going to go close earlier when he opened 157. 157, 180. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, he was five perfect darts. I thought, ooh. And the crowd thought it was in as well. <laughs> um, right. We've, we've stored for long enough. It's loaded. It's ready. I have no idea what this says. I can see Phil Wells grinning in the background somewhere. Um, that means it's probably mustard. So let's hear from Mark Langer. I'm going to do better tomorrow, but still a long way to go. I'm only in the semi-finals now. I've won nothing so far, so uh, I need to make sure I'm sharp tomorrow as well. well. They all know when I'm in this mood, they're all scared of me. and I need to make sure I keep this mood going and keep my flow going, and then I can do even more things like this. You left the trophy in two days' time. Of course. Are you questioning me? I was asking you. Oh. No way. Nah, nah. We all know Peter has a big mouth, and for for someone who's always that quiet at home, yeah. We we all know what it is. Peter is a good player, but sometimes when he gets a little bit in his mood, he says a bit of stupid things, and other players knows that and. You get on with it and you just have to do the right thing for yourself and that's the only thing I can do for myself. I know I'm the better player and I think Evan knows that as well, but I don't have to say that, but I just need to make sure I do the right thing for me and just make sure I'm going to beat them and that's the only thing that counts for me. I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> can't wait for tomorrow because there's so much time tomorrow as well by the way like the rest of the broadcast all week has been so narrow if they don't get all four players sat in a room not together but individually and you know when they chop up the interviews back and forward so it looks like yeah they're responding to things they've said but they actually haven't if sky don't do that for tomorrow i'll be gutted <laughs> sit down about three or four o'clock in the afternoon and just get them firing off on their opponent before they play them later oh they're really good nah they're gonna go in on each other i hundred percent and I'm so here for it. So here for it. And there was one line in there that I thought was a little bit cheeky. He's like he's very quiet at home as if he's mm. having a <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yes, that is our review of tonight's quarterfinals, which means all we have to do now is look ahead to the semifinals. A few responses to that one. Dan says I don't think he didn't find a way to lose his top twenty player met the world number three at nine himself. So we go deep in Minehead. Big shout from Dan about Minehead. Um, really looking forward to that one, by the way. If you haven't heard the plans for Minehead this year, you're in for a treat if you're attending as a spectator. That's all I'm going to say. Hi, it's Gavin Price. Boyle Sports are offering price boosts on every full house market, on every player, every match. That's to win the match, hit the most 180s and the highest checkout in the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix. Uh, and Mike Green says, get in, Michael, rile him up, love it. Yeah, because what Peter Wright really needs right now is somebody riling him up to say even more things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's look ahead then to tomorrow's semi-finals. Uh, and we start opening the show with Gerwin Price against Nathan Aspinall. Best of seven sets now, I believe. Just Yeah, up. yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then the final best of nine. I mean... The final of this event has previously been best of 13 sets. Then it was best of 11. Now it's best of nine. I'm not really sure we've come to six. Um, but going prize versus Nathan Aspinall. Score prediction. How do you see this one going? Chat room, get involved as well. Let us know your score predictions. 
might flash some of them up on screen. And for the first time all week, Charlie, we don't have to rush these predictions. Take time. Well, I I personally see this game going one way. Um, I think Gerwin Price wins. I think he wins 4-2. Um, I think I think tomorrow when I sit down to watch, I, I can't... I, I think my eyes are on the last game, um, not this game. So, But I, I do think Gerwin Price will have too much for Nathan Aspinall. I expect it to be a good early game, you know, tough at the start, probably a bit bitty, but I think Gerwin Price will come through and will book his place in, in the final, which, you know, we kind of all expected. What score are you going like? What score like? 4-2. Four 4-2. Two. Four two. I, I, I think this format is just made for Gezi. He lives on yeah. top in the 20s. And I, I can see a very, very big performance coming. But I, beware the man that writes off Nathan Aspinall. <laughs> you just can't write him off. The man loves a scrap. He loves doing it. He loves making things difficult for himself. He will not get blown away. He's got too much about him to get blown away. He's, he's got the ability to change the pace of the game, to just readjust it to himself or take that breather, take that step back or, or hit that big shot. It, you can't teach timing, but Nathan Aspinall just seems to have that in his locker to be able to turn a game on his head. That being, All of that being said, I still think Gezi wins, but I think it goes 4-3. I think we see an absolute battle in this one. I think Nathan will drag... Going down just that little bit. Not that I'm saying Nathan can't live at the very, very top level, but I just think the way that Nathan plays, everything is a scrap. You get that little bit more tension in the big visits and that sort of thing. So I'm going to say Gerwin Price wins this one, but I'm going to say he goes to a seven set. Uh, predictions in the chat room. Mike says Price wins 4 1. Uh, Sam Hill has got Price 4 2. Uh, Dan says he can't wait for tomorrow's fallout bars. It me and you, buddy. It is. Look at that. After, by the way, a full day of uh, World Seniors Open Series action and the final day of the development tour ahead of Sunday's World Youth Championship last 96. So a busy, busy weekend for darts here at Online Darts. Uh, Preston says price wins 4-2. Uh, James, I'll just go straight to your actual prediction. He says 4-1 go in price and then 4-2 to MVG. Uh, HGV's got 4-1 price. Uh, Preston's got 4-3. Oh, that's the MVG game. MVG hits 20s better than price did tonight. He did tonight, whether or not he does constantly. Different from me. Jamie has gone the ASP, though. Oh, the only man in the chat room to have gone for the ASP. And James says, Gezi beats MVG in the final. He's back to world number four, world number one by 4K. He is. That was the thing we mentioned earlier. So, if the world final tomorrow, if the final of this event tomorrow is Gerwin Price versus Peter Wright, whatever happens, Peter Wright will return to world number one. If Gerwin Price fails to make the final or win the tournament, Peter Wright goes to world number one. But if Peter Wright is knocked out, by Michael Van Gerwen in the semi-finals, and then Gerwin Price wins the tournament, the Iceman will retain his world number one spot. Provisionally loses it at the start of this week because of the amount of money he's defending from this tournament. If he defends it all successfully, he will remain world number one come Monday morning. The PDC official rankings don't change until the end of the tournament. If you use the darts rankings table, which is a fantastic website, they provisionally already dropped him 
and then adding the money back on. So very, very interesting times ahead for tomorrow night. Match number two, though, Charlie, you said your eyes are on this one, the one you really want to watch. How do you see it going? I think Gezi gets the favour that he wants. And I think MVG beats Peter Wright, but I think he beats him in a seventh set decide, a seventh set decider, and it goes all the way. But and I think he beats him four three. I think it's a great game. I think everyone is glued to it. We're gonna have there's gonna be big checkouts, misses. It's gonna be. I, I'm hope now that I've said that though, I think it'll just end up being a, a, a dire game, won't it? And you and Dan will come on and talk about how bad it was yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but I think Gezi gets the job that he wants and takes on MVG in the final um, and MVG beats Peter Wright. Hmm. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> There's some logic to it. Michael McGowan was fantastic tonight. Earlier in the week, Gerwin Price was said to have had the, the performance of the round or whatever. The only one of the big three that hasn't looked like being comfortable favourite to win this tournament with a big performance this week is Peter Wright. And I think we might get it tomorrow. Or today, now that it's just turned midnight, by the way. Um, I think we get the big performance from Peter Wright. I think he really wants this one. It's one that's not in his collection so far. The added bonus of returning to world number one and the fact he's done nothing all week but run his mouth means he has to back it up especially knowing who's in the semi-final and who's probably waiting for him in the final. Now's the time to back it up what you've been doing. And actually, since his return from um, his operation a few months ago, first round of the Euro Tour, he lost to a very, very good performance. Then he went on to win the next Euro Tour. Then it took a decent performance from Michael Smith to knock him out of the World Series. Was it Smith or was it Clayton? Was it Clayton? I think. World Series finals of the week. One of the two. I'm sure it was Michael Smith or Johnny Clayton. But it was a good performance nonetheless to stop him again. He's not losing to mediocre performances. Yeah, it was Smith. For MPG, he needs to produce something very, very good, which mm. we've seen that he's capable of. Or Peter Wright will just have that something about him. The fact that Dimmy missed so many darts against him tonight. You know, and it's just written on the wall. It, it could well be happening for Peter Wright again. However, if he plays with the darts he had tonight, no chance because he just had no range on the tops anywhere near as consistently as he needed but that first set when he went high single one you can't do that against Michael tomorrow but I think he I think he tinkers a little bit I think he possibly even switches to 16s at some point and I think he gets the job done for two I think if he goes tight Michael's got it mm, I mean he does have a tendency doesn't he Peter right to 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 set himself a target you know in in front of the media and then he ends up backing himself up so if it wouldn't surprise me if he did because then again you, you've seen an exceptional final aren't you so either way it, it is made to bill for a, quite an exceptional final whoever gets through um but again as you mentioned don't write him off because he's you know he can easily perform at his best and and you know could surprise everyone uh, let's fire in some predictions from everybody else then. Sam says MVG to batter right 4 1. Uh, Jamie's got MVG 4 2. Mike Green, major shot from me 4 0. Uh, Dan says Snakey versus MVG on TV in a major is literally what we're all here for. 
Vizinic Darts fan on earth who isn't excited about seeing that match correct. And the winner of that potentially against Gerwin Price in the final over even more sets as well. That's what we're here for right now in Darts. And of course, the complete big upset. It's Michael Smith finally getting over the line in the major. And James Wade being the best ever. Um, Dan also says MVG to win 4-2. And Jamie says it depends what Peter's throwing, I guess. He could turn up a three snoop who's at this rate. I think it might be a bit too long for that one. Um, anyway, Charlie, absolute gem star for joining us tonight. Um, superb show once again. Um, enjoy the action tomorrow evening. Um, chat room, thank you very much for joining us throughout the show tonight. If you do want to watch more live darts, stay on our YouTube channel, the Moda Super Series uh, Group C, B, I forget which way around it is. Group C action, I think, underway uh, at the moment. Robert Thornton, one of the players involved, hoping to make it through to finals night tomorrow already includes Daniel Closer, uh, Peter Jakes and Martin Adams. So that lineup's looking really, really good tomorrow. As I mentioned earlier as well, uh, keep your eye out on our social media throughout the weekend. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll try and get some coverage of the o Seniors Open Series up in Manchester. And we'll try and keep up to date with the final day of the World of the Development Tour, sorry, ahead of the World Youth Championship last 96 on Sunday. Remind that final will be played in Minehead at the Players' Championship Finals as well. It's Group B tonight. Thank you, Preston. There we go. A uh, big thank you to everybody for tuning in, to Charlie for joining me this evening, and just to me for being here. We'll see you all again tomorrow night. At Boyle Sports, we are taking darts to the next level. Bet £10 on the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix and new customers will get £20 in free bets. Customers can also enjoy the daily full house price boost on every player and every match. Boyle Sports. This is betting.